This episode of Your Safe Space is brought to you by Elite 11, one of my favourite Australian sporting and activewear brands. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's episode, guys, we are talking about asking for what you want in life. Welcome to episode 14. I can't believe I say this every week. <laughs> I can believe that we're at episode 14, but I also can't believe it because we're well and truly deep into the double digits. But I'm also very excited about today's episode because this is one that I've personally wanted to do since the beginning. And I kept putting it into the poll and every week it would just ever so slightly miss out. But this week you guys came through with 29% of you wanting it. Now, before we get into the episode, as always, I want to know, how has your week been? How are you feeling today while you're listening to this? What is your highlight? What is your gratitude? Talk to me, hold space for it. I want to say I'm going to go through my highlight and my gratitude, but my highlight, this is not one that I actually put in the Facebook group. This is one that I'm telling you now on air, but my highlight is that by the time this episode drops on Sunday, we will have hit 100,000 downloads on this podcast. And guys, I've got goosebumps, right? Because We, as it stands, it's currently Wednesday, 19th of October. I am recording this in the morning. I think we're at about 94,000 downloads at the moment. So generally with how many downloads I get per day, I can kind of forecast when we're going to hit that. And I think it will happen on Sunday. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you who come back each week, who choose to download the episode, who choose to listen to the podcast, whether you watch it on YouTube or you listen on Spotify or Apple or however else, I don't mind. I'm just so, 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 so thankful. And I just want to say thank you to you guys because I don't know if you can tell, but doing this podcast brings me so much joy and I feel like... I was meant to do this and it doesn't feel like work and it just feels beautiful. And I just want to say thank you for allowing me to do that every week. And oh, my other highlight, I've got a few. (laughs) My other highlight is I'm finally getting my nails done. I actually cracked one of them this morning for the first time. And so I'll have those done as well tomorrow, which is Thursday. And then my gratitude, I'm going to say my gratitude today is the weather. Now, it is sunny. It's a huge difference compared to last week, but it is sunny today and I'm actually in a dress. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm getting up and I'm showing you my dress. It's a cute black twisty linen vibe from H&M. And I'm like, yeah, as soon as the weather hits above 20 degrees, get me in a t-shirt, get me in shorts, get me in a dress. I've got to take advantage of it because I absolutely love the sunshine. So today I'm in a very, very good mood and I'm bringing you an episode that I really want to bring you. So let's jump into it, guys. Now, today's show is about asking for what you want in life. And I feel like I am I might have confused some of you in putting it into the poll this way because some of you were like, oh, is this about manifesting? Some of you were like, who do I ask? What, like, what do I do? And I want to say this episode is actually about communication and working on strengthening your ability to ask for whatever it is that you want. So yeah, today is not about manifesting. Today is actually going to be practical, tangible things that you can do to get what you want in life. And I also can't tell you who to ask, but I can give you some guidance and lead you to figure that out for yourself, which is always what I want to do. I always say this, it's not about me. I simply hold the space for you to be able to figure out whatever that is. As always, I'll give you some practical tips and share some stories along the way. This show will run a little bit differently because we 
we have an ad in between and you would have heard me at the start. The first half of the show will be me covering off what asking for what you want looks like and doesn't look like because I think it's very important to identify what each of those do look like. And I'll also go through why it's important. And when I go through why it's important, I'm going to give you a little activity to figure out where you sit with your communication style. And then I will go through my tips to becoming more assertive in all areas of your life, because that's essentially what this episode is about. Now, the reason that I really wanted to do this episode is because this is something that I personally struggled with myself for my entire life, especially in my early 20s. And I feel like it's something that I have gotten better at with time and with age and with the help of therapy. And I always talk about therapy because I freaking love it. But I think what a lot of people don't also realize about therapy is that, yes, it does help you for your mental health, but it also then like trickles out into all these other areas of your life and can help you with like communication, confidence, things like that too. And so I've learned some really cool things and I want to share that with you guys. And like most things I discuss on here, if there are ever any areas of our life that we want to work on, I always believe that we can, we can learn and strengthen those muscles. Very much like the episode I did on building confidence, it's a muscle that you build. And today, Today is essentially about strengthening and building that assertiveness muscle. As always, we start with a definition. I love to define shit on this podcast, so I'm going to read that out. Assertiveness is a social skill that relies heavily on effective communication while simultaneously respecting the thoughts and wishes of others. People who are assertive clearly and respectfully communicate their wants, needs, positions, and boundaries to others. Now, guys, when I put the question box up, I noticed that this is something that so many of us struggled with as well. And so obviously, that's another reason I'm excited to do the episode. But A lot of what I saw in the question box was people struggling to ask for a pay rise, people struggling to ask for a promotion, people struggling to ask for things from their partner. Maybe it was a little bit more effort or maybe it was reassurance from their partner. Now I get it because finding our voice to ask and get what we want can be really hard, especially if we weren't taught how to do that. I also want to mention that some people listening to this will already have a natural assertiveness to them. If that is you, that's amazing. If that's not you, don't panic because some of us have to practice it and that is okay. Now, as I said before, I really want to identify what the characteristics are of someone who is assertive looks like and then what the opposite of that looks like. Now, you might even be able to either recognize this in yourself or recognize it in people in your life, but somebody who is assertive, and this is like a healthy level of assertiveness. There's a few different types of ways that we communicate as humans, and I'll go into that as well. But the healthy type of assertiveness is the person is usually quite confident. They've also got high self-esteem, and it's not in an arrogant way or a rude way. They're just sure of themselves. They are also so respectful. And that's what I mean about it not being arrogant. Being assertive does not mean that you are disrespectful. Being assertive does not mean that you are nasty or rude. And it does not mean that you are argumentative or aggressive. You can be assertive and do it in a respectful way that still considers others while still considering your own needs and wants. Someone who's assertive can say no. (laughs) They have really good boundaries. They can express themselves and their feelings clearly. And I mean this in both what they say and how they say it. And they also show it in their body language. So whether they're keeping eye contact with you, whether their posture is nice and straight, they've got their shoulders rolled back. Generally, that is someone who displays that assertiveness physically. 
As I said before, there are a few different types of communication. I'm going to explain the other two to you. So there's passive and then there's aggressive. And if you think about it on a scale, I'm going to say on one end, you've got passive. In the middle, you've got assertive. And then on the other end, you've got aggressive. Now, passive behavior is essentially non-assertive behavior. And this person might show signs of being quite shy. They also might be overly easygoing. So they tend to go with the flow. Someone wants to do something, they're like, yep, sure, let's do it. Like they're very much avoiding conflict at all costs. And they tend to sacrifice their needs and their wants for everyone around them. And then again, on that physical body language element, they usually struggle with eye contact. Their posture is quite slumped or maybe it's hunched over. Maybe they're even speaking with a mumble or even speaking like very softly. And I would say that the issue with this type of communication or the issue with leaning into this is that what usually happens when you are displaying that passive behavior is that you are essentially teaching yourself or telling yourself that you don't matter because you're constantly putting other people before you. You're constantly putting yourself second, your needs, your wants, whatever it is for yourself second. And I've spoken about this many times, but that can cause resentment, anger and frustration to others, but then also to yourself. And so I'll talk now about the aggressive behavior and then I'll explain, because I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm always assertive because there have definitely been times or situations in my life where I've been passive. And there's also been times where I've been aggressive and I'm going to explain the aggressive behavior now. When you are communicating from that aggressive behavior, this person can come across as a bully, (laughs) someone who is mean. They are usually not afraid of conflict. They're very loud. They're very demanding. There might even be some yelling. And with this communication style, the thing that this person does is they ignore the needs of others. So it's different, again, to passive because in passive, remember, the person is sacrificing what they want for everyone else. But with aggressive, the person is ignoring what everyone else wants and they have no care in how they deliver the message. They have no care in how the other people feel. You can see the aggression as well in the body language, the eye contact, even like the tone. You can definitely tell when someone's in aggression. And I would say the issue with this is that this can cause issues with your ability to hold relationships and friendships and have people trust you and have strong bonds. And I would say, as I said before, there are definitely times in my life where maybe I have been in an aggressive mood that day, or maybe I have been in a passive mood that day. And so I don't want you to sit here and be hard on yourself if you are not sitting in assertive energy or assertive communication. What I want you to just see is that this is the scale. We want to aim for that healthy middle ground, that healthy assertiveness. And the reason that we want to aim for that is because when we behave in that way and when we are being assertive and displaying those characteristics, what it does is it firstly improves our confidence with ourselves. You build trust with yourself. You have improvements in all of your relationships because things are more honest. (laughs) You have better job satisfaction. If you're able to be assertive in the workplace, that will improve your job satisfaction tenfold. And it will also improve your communication too, because the more that you communicate with assertiveness, the better you get at communicating. And it's like a muscle, as I said before. So the more you do it, the stronger it gets. And then lastly, you actually get better at understanding yourself because when you are being assertive, you have to know what you want. When you are being assertive, you have to understand your own wants and needs and that deepens that bond with yourself too. And then lastly, I nearly forgot this one, but you're actually less stressed 
Because someone who is assertive can say no. Someone who is assertive is not taking off more than they can chew, not saying yes to everyone around them, and they're actually living a more balanced lifestyle. Now, I'm going to give you a quick little activity to figure out where you sit. So I want you just to close your eyes and I want you to imagine this. I'm closing my eyes as well. And as always, guys, whenever I ask you to you know, do some self-reflection, I want you to just automatically know, no judgment. <laughs> We're looking at ourselves with curiosity. We're just trying to figure out where we sit so we can see if we do need to make any improvements. Be curious always. Now, here is the scenario. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine that one of your friends, not like your best friend, just like a good friend, asks you for a favor. This particular friend has actually asked you for a lot of favors recently and you have helped this person every single time. But as of late, you've started to get a little bit... I don't know what the word is. You're starting to get a little bit annoyed because you're thinking, wow, I'm doing quite a bit for you. And they've come to you again and asked you for another favor on the weekend, but you already have plans for yourself on the weekend. You've organized to, I don't know what it is, take yourself out to breakfast or get a massage or do something for yourself. I want you to think about what your response to this friend would be. Quickly, what, what's the first thing you're thinking? If you're thinking, sure, no worries, I can do that. And then you think to yourself, oh, I can just move what I was going to do for myself on another day and I will do this for this friend again. That is a passive response. If you said something like, I'm sick of you asking me to do this. I help you all the time. You're not doing anything for yourself. I'm not helping you either this time. That response is aggressive. That was hard for me to read out. I never want to bring aggressive energy on this podcast. But that response there would be a more aggressive one. If you had a passive or an aggressive response, don't freak out. It's fine. We're not judging. And then lastly, if you said, I've already got plans. I can't actually help you this weekend. That's an assertive response. That's what we want to aim for. And now I'm going to go through my tips to becoming more assertive in your day-to-day life. And hopefully this will give you some practical tips into getting closer to becoming that more assertive communication style rather than say passive or aggressive. Tip number one, guys, is knowing what you want. I can't also tell you what it is that you want, but the way that I would figure out what I want is by doing some journaling, allowing space for what I want to come up, right? So ask yourself in the different areas of your life, what is it that you want? Is it something in your career? Is it something in your work? Is it something in your relationships? Is it something in your friendships? It's important to have clarity and it's important to know what you want so that you can then go and ask for it. Now, once you know what you want, and this can just be as simple as like a dot point for each area of your life. Once you know what you want, I then want you to go and write down why you want it and use the language of, I want this because it will make me feel X, Y, Z. I like to ask myself why and I give myself reasons why I want it, reasons why I deserve it because having that helps you then articulate it later to whoever you need to articulate it to and just also reinforces that why for you, which is a really powerful thing. I talk a lot about knowing your why and knowing your why when it comes in in relation to like your goals and things like that. But even just with asking for what you want, you need to know what it is and you need to know why. And there's no right or wrong when it comes to writing this down. So that's the first step. The second step is that 
you need to know who to ask. Now, I constantly say this, people are not mind readers. I, w- I think it would be so cool personally if I could read people's minds or if people could read my mind because then we wouldn't have to have these uncomfortable conversations, right? But chances are your boss, your friends, your partner, your family, they're not going to be able to read your mind and know what it is that you want in certain areas of your life. And I'll also say it helps to ask the right person because if it's a work situation, asking your work best friend or someone you work with in the same team about, you know, promotions or pay rise or chatting about it to them might not be as helpful as asking your direct manager or asking your line manager or asking the person in HR that's offering the jobs. And so it goes the same for if you need help from your partner, chatting about it to your friends may not actually help you. You you do need to go directly to the person that can help you get what you want. Tip number three is then learning how to say no. Now, I'm going to cover this more in the listener questions and I'll tell you what they are in a second. But as an ex-people pleaser myself, <laughs> I understand so deeply the guilt that usually comes with when you say no to somebody. When you say no to doing something for someone or you say no to taking on extra work or helping out, I understand that feeling, that icky feeling, but I like to always remind myself, and now I can say no, but I like to remind myself that I'm saying no to the thing. I'm saying no to what they're asking me to do. I'm not saying no to the person. I'm saying no to that thing. And as I said, we'll unpack that a little bit more in a second. And then tip number four is starting small, because as I said, this is a muscle that can be strengthened, but it needs to be practiced. And Starting small looks like speaking up when you would rather a certain meal. You know, when someone asks, oh, what do you want to have for dinner? And it's like, oh, I don't know. Or, and I'm like this, especially if it's like a date dynamic and I notice it myself, like someone will ask like, oh, what do you want to eat? But now I'm like, no, I want Japanese or or I want, you know, chicken or I want whatever it is. Practicing it in little moments like that. I'll give you another example. If something is wrong with your meal, (laughs) being able to be assertive enough to speak up about it. Now, if you watched my weekly vlog last week, I did go to McDonald's on Friday night after fashion week and they forgot my sauce. They forgot my sweet and sour sauce. Devastating. And I was eating my nuggets in the car, in the car park. And I had gone through the drive-thru and instead of being assertive in the moment, I was passive. I was too scared to go in and ask them, for a sweet and sour sauce, even though they had forgotten. And it's something so small and in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really seem that significant. But that was an opportunity for me to start small and practice being assertive. And I wasn't. And I will say that my mum has always been very good at that. And my mum has always displayed great assertiveness in my life. But there are some times where I'm just like, no, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not doing it. But what I want you to do is take those moments as a chance to start small. And maybe it's saying when someone asks you to do something, let me get back to you on that. Instead of feeling like you have to answer them right now in this second, it could even be practicing asking for a certain table when you go out to a restaurant. If you book somewhere and then you get there and say, oh, I'd actually prefer that table near the window. Could we sit on that? They might say no to you, but that's okay. It's a chance for you to practice. And I would really recommend you doing that. In some other areas of your life, maybe you want to start having a conversation with your boss about a pay rise, or maybe you want to move into a different team, or maybe it's booking in a meeting with your boss and saying, I'm pretty keen on career progression. Could we put me forward for some opportunities? What does that look like? How can we do that? It's practicing in those little moments 
and essentially is little rituals where you are putting yourself first. And I'm annoyed at myself that I didn't ask for the sweet and sour sauce, but it was a good example to show you that I don't practice assertiveness all the time. I'm not perfect. We don't aim for perfection here. We just try our best. And then tip number five is to practice and have some pre-planned responses up your sleeve. As I said before, practicing saying, let me get back to you on that. But it's also practicing rehearsing the conversation. You can do this to yourself in the car, to yourself in the mirror, to yourself on a walk, role-playing the conversation. Maybe you want to role-play a conversation with your boss about a pay rise, or maybe you want to role-play a conversation with your partner about asking for something in the relationship. Ask for what you want out loud. And that way you can practice with your tone. You can practice with the words that you're choosing. As I mentioned before, if you say yes to things without thinking or say yes straight away, have a few sneaky little terms up your sleeve, right? I love to say, let me get back to you on that. Or let me check my calendar before I commit to that. It's not a lie. I do need to check my calendar, but that just puts some time in between me actually thinking to myself, do I really want to do this? Can I take this on? Is there too much on my plate? Before I word vomit and say yes, because I tend to do that as a default as well. Or just even saying I've got plans already. And I miss the days of being a kid when you could just be like, oh, my mum said no. (laughs) When it was like something in high school, I would always... (laughs) I. Sorry to anyone that's listening to this, whoever whoever I did this to, but I would always just be like, oh, my mum said no. And that was a really good like get out of jail card. <laughs> but tip number six is watch your body language as well. So like I said, practicing with your tone, practicing with your voice, nonverbal cues are so important. And I'm really using my hands on this podcast if you're watching, but it's important. Stand up straight, roll your shoulders back, keep eye contact. Now, I'm also going to link in the Facebook community a TED Talk. It's one of my all-time favorite TED Talks. It is called, I think it's like How Your Body Language Shapes You. Anyway, I'm going to link it in the show notes and I'm going to link it into the Facebook group so you can go and watch it. Highly, highly recommend you watching it because body language is so important. And I also want to say on that, so is your breathing. If you are breathing slowly and taking, you know, nice deep breaths, you're also able then to keep your voice even and firm. And I didn't mention this earlier, but I definitely think the job that I had before I did this, I was a business development manager. And a lot of the time I would have to present to people. And a lot of the time I would have to go into business meetings and present to these businessmen. And I could see when I presented assertive body language, when I had a firm voice, the meeting would go so much better. Versus when I was passive and a little bit shy and a little bit scared to speak up. And I saw it in myself when I started that job to the end of the job. I changed so much as a person in my communication and my delivery. I guess I wanted to mention that because it is a process and it is and it can take time, but it can definitely happen. And then lastly, guys, number seven, tip number seven is to back yourself. <laughs> because what happens is when we don't have like a healthy sense or like a balanced sense of our self-worth, we can then tend to accept less from others or we give more than we receive because we're trying to prove our worth to everyone around us. And it's like that saying, right? If you don't believe in yourself, it's going to be really hard for someone else to believe in you or for someone else to give you what you want. And I don't know if it's like fake it till you make it because I did that a lot in my last job too. But I truly believe that having that belief in yourself, even if You don't really feel that confident and capable and strong showing it in their body language, showing it in your tone, showing it in your words. 
you are more likely to get what you want as well. Now, guys, we are going to jump into a break, but we've got the listener questions after that, which will cover off a few things. So the listener questions this week are how to say no to things that you don't want to do or are not comfortable with. Question number two is how to ask your partner for something within the relationship. And question number three is how to ask your boss for a promotion or a pay rise. But first, a word from today's sponsor. You guys know I love my activewear as I wear it every single day. And I'm very proud to share that one of my favorite activewear brands, Elite 11, is the first sponsor for your safe space. Elite 11, which was established in Melbourne in 2014, have since gained momentum and are now a well-known worldwide sporting brand. Elite 11 offers both women's and men's products, ranging up to 3XL in sizing across a range of different pieces that cater to everyone. You can find performance ranges, lifestyle pieces, and loungewear products to find comfort in any activity. And whether you're in the gym, doing a Pilates class, or taking yourself on a hot girl walk, Elite 11 has you covered. And of course, guys, I had to mention the best part, which is the quality. The quality is truly elite. So not only do you look amazing in Elite 11, but you feel it too. You can shop Elite 11 now at Elite11Sporting.com or by downloading their app now. Elite 11 have also kindly given our community a discount code. So if you find something you like, you can use the code Adele10 to save you 10% off on all your orders. Thank you so much to Elite 11 for making this episode of Your Safe Space possible. Now guys, back into the show. We are going to unpack the first question, which is how to say no to things that you don't want to do or are not comfortable with. This came up so much. (laughs) This was the number one question that got put into the question box. Now, this is very much tied to boundaries, which will be another upcoming episode when we eventually get there. But I think it's super common and I think it is so normal to happen because a lot of us may have been raised to be good. We may not have had a caregiver who displayed the ability to say no, and maybe we weren't taught to say no. And sometimes, as I mentioned before, we say yes when we want to say no, because we're trying to prove our worth to others. And sometimes we're trying to make them like us. Sometimes we're trying to fit in. And sometimes we're trying to, you know, keep the peace. A lot of these behaviors are not serving us. But the good thing is that you can change them at any point. And it is something that is possible to change. So firstly, no is an acceptable answer or an acceptable response every single time. No is a whole answer, guys. Give yourself permission to say no. I'm giving you permission. Not that I need to give you permission, but you need to allow yourself to say no because a lot of the time it's ourselves that hold us back from actually doing that. And I get it. The uncomfortable feelings that come up when someone asks you to do something that you don't want to do feel terrible. I know it. You feel it in your body. You immediately feel like, oh, but feel those uncomfortable feelings and still say no. It's like feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the uncomfortableness and still say no. And I always tell myself, if someone is asking you for something, if someone has the ability to ask you for something, you also have the ability to answer honestly. And that means having the ability to say no. And as I said before, you are refusing the thing and not the person. It doesn't have to be something personal. And if no feels too harsh for you, or if no feels too aggressive, 
which is not, by the way, it's assertive. I'm going to give you some other ways to say no. You could say, thank you for the invite, but I don't have time today. You could say, I won't be able to help this time. You could say, I've already got plans. You could say, this is not something I'm interested in doing. Or in the workplace, you could say, I've got a lot to do. I can't take on this extra work. You could also say, I can't give you an answer yet. I need to think about it. Or you can say, unfortunately, I can't do that. Unfortunately, I can't make it to that. It doesn't have to be this scary, overwhelming thing, but sometimes we don't know what else we can say because we weren't taught it. Learning to say no in your life can help you so, so much because if you think about it, when you say yes to too many things, when you're saying yes to your family, you're saying yes to your friends, you're saying yes to your employer, when you want to say no, it can lead to stress, it can lead to burnout, it can impact your mental health. And it's like that saying, as I said before, you're taking off more than you can chew And that just puts strain on you. And I remember back in, I'm going to say it was like May, June, July, you guys would have seen I was doing a lot of extra things in my full-time job that wasn't as a part of my role. I was training staff. I was hiring staff. I was traveling to Sydney every week. I was traveling to Canberra every week. And I tried to say no to doing this. Like I tried really hard to say no and it just didn't get me. It didn't get me anywhere because it was more or less forced upon me. And so that put so much strain and stress on me and impacted every area of my life. And you guys would have seen that. And I remember that area of my life or that period of my life as one that is so stressful and one where I was putting myself second to everything else. And what I want you guys to think about is when you say yes to something that you actually want to say no to, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? What are you, what emotions are you feeling? Do you feel disappointment to yourself? Do you feel like you're letting yourself down? Do you feel frustration to the other person? Unpack that and then think about what you're truly saying no to because when you're saying yes to something, you're then saying no to something else and most of the time it's ourself because we're sacrificing what we really want for the other person or the other thing and as I always say, that leads to resentment and it's important that you always remember you have a choice and it's important that you also know that saying no doesn't mean the person won't ask you for something else and it also doesn't mean that that friendship is going to end or your boss is going to dislike you. If that is, if you saying no is ruining your friendships or ruining your career progression, then I'm going to say probably not the best friends, probably not the best workplace because you should be able to say no if you want to. And on that, saying no then allows you to have better relationships with these people because they become more honest and they become more genuine. I think if you are someone that never says no, it can be really hard. So what I want you to do is just practice. Pick a moment. The next time someone asks you to do something or the next time you want to say no, just pick a moment, say it once and see how that goes. Get the evidence that it's going to be okay. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. Feel it anyway and push through. All right. And then guys, question number two is how to ask your partner for something within the relationship. Now, this one did come up second in all of the responses. And so I wanted to put it in. I'm going to say generally, you will know if you're in a relationship and your partner is not doing something or not meeting your needs, you can feel it. You can feel it in yourself when you want to say something. So some of the things that I actually had come through in the question box were things like how to ask for more quality time together, or even how to ask like where the relationship is headed. Maybe you're dating this person or maybe you're asking for more effort from your partner. This advice that I'm going to give you is for most scenarios and I think could come in handy. Now, I also want to say if you don't have the best communication with your partner, don't panic because it can be a work in progress and it can get better too. So firstly, 
Again, you want to unpack what it is that you want and why. So for the example of quality time, the person who wrote the message said that they wanted more screen free time with their partner. What I would say to that person is write that down. You want more screen free time and then write down why do you want that? Maybe your reason might be, I want to feel closer to my partner. I want to deepen the bond to my partner. Write that down as well. And I recommend doing this obviously before the convo because it's important to know what you want before you have the conversation. And I also then want you to write down any other compromises or alternatives that can help you get that outcome. Now, what I mean by this is, sure, saying to our partner, we want to feel closer to them, we want more screen-free time without proposing maybe some other solutions could leave the conversation a little bit open-ended, but I like to come up with some alternative ways, right? So having some options up your sleeve to chat about to your partner can also help the conversation flow. Maybe you can write down some new things that you can try together. Is there something that you're interested in? Is there something that your partner's interested in? Maybe you take an interest in their hobbies. Maybe you spend some time organizing a surprise for you two together. So there are a few ways that you can get to that screen-free time that might not just look like turning off your phones and having dinner together, even though that's probably lovely as well. Look for other ways that you could potentially do that. And then I'm going to say you want to pick a good time to have the conversation. How is your mood? How is their mood? Are you tired? Are they tired? You want to pick the right moment because if you're frustrated or you're angry or they're sleepy or they're stressed, they've got a lot on at the moment or they're rushing out of the house, they don't even have time to chat. Is that the best time to have the conversation? Probably not. So you want to pick a setting where you're both, the mood is right, and you've both got time to even have the chat. You've got the space for the chat. And this also goes for if they're like super busy, you want them to be able to give you their undivided attention. So if they're doing something or working or, I don't know, someone's interrupting them or they're on a phone call or something like that, you just want to pick the perfect time. And on that, check in with yourself. How is your mood? How is your energy? Are you feeling emotionally balanced? I have definitely had moments in relationships, past relationships where I've been in aggression and then I've gone and tried to have a conversation. Didn't go well. (laughs) Shock horror. Did not go well. But you want the time to be right. You want to make sure you're emotionally calm. You want to make sure you're balanced and ready to have the chat. And then when the time is right and you're having the combo, you want to use lots of I statements. So I, I would like or I feel or I think. The reason I say this is because it is important to take ownership in the conversation and it also helps your partner not feel attacked. And I know that you're not attacking your partner even if you said something else, but doing that just helps, I guess, ease the conversation into happening. And I'm going to give you an example, okay? So maybe you're saying, I would love for us to spend some more quality time together off our phones because it makes me feel closer to you. And I love spending quality time with you. And I'm thinking maybe we could go down to the beach this weekend, organize some fish and chips and have a cute date night. So you've clearly said what it is that you want. You've clearly said why. And then you've clearly given a solution to the situation. That is going to go better than the opposite, which would be something like this. You don't spend enough time with me. You are always on your phone and you don't give me enough effort. You don't put enough effort into the relationship or to me. Still valid, but there is a difference in saying it that way versus saying it the other way. When you have that conversation, especially if you haven't had conversations like that with your partner before, it can take a little bit of time to get used to each other's communication style. But I truly believe when one partner is stepping up in that like healthy communication, that assertive communication, that then will slowly start to rub off on the other partner as well. But it's important to remember that you guys are a team and you're working together towards 
the issue. And I would say once you have that conversation, see how that lands with your partner. If your partner does not take it well and is super aggressive back to you or super defensive, there's probably some stuff that needs to be unpacked there. And I would dare say if they're not willing to budge at all, are they the right person for you? But that's for another day. And then lastly, guys, the last listener question is how to ask your boss for a promotion or pay rise. Now, again, I will say unpacking what you want is always the first step. So get clear on it. Is it a pay rise? Is it a new job in a different area? Do you want to move teams? I know lots of workplaces have different teams, different divisions you could maybe move into. Would you like some help upskilling in your current job? Do you want to get better at what you're currently doing? Or do you want some more responsibility? Maybe you want to step up. Or do you just want more money? That's also fine too. (laughs) Just get super clear on it, guys. And then also, as I said, unpack your why. Why do you want these things? Why do you want this promotion? Why do you want this money? Why do you want a new job? Why do you want the responsibility? Unpack why. And as I said before, this is important because it's the basis for your conversation. Your why, there's no right or wrong to it, but just get very clear on it. And the same as before with the partner, you want to pick the right time, especially in the workplace. Now, I know for some workplaces, you might have like annual reviews. In the last company I worked for, we had like a mid-year review, which would happen around end of financial year. And then we had like an end of calendar year review as well. And I really like these personally because I was able to see my performance throughout the year. And I was able to have two opportunities with my manager to discuss my salary, to discuss my performance, to discuss my expectations. I also then had scheduled one-on-one meetings with my manager throughout the year. And I would say for you, I'm not sure what field you're in. I'm not sure what job you have, but booking in the time, if you really want to be serious about this, book in the time with your manager or your direct report, whoever it is that is going to be the one that's able to help you, book it in, bring it up in your next mid-year review. I would always check in with my boss on the mid-year review and I would ask, am I on track for a pay rise? How are my results? Are you happy with my performance? And I tell you guys, I have proof (laughs) because I did it. But whenever I asked for more money, whenever I have asked for more opportunities, I got a yes or I got a not right now. And I got guidance. I got, Adele, you're doing really great, but this is where, this is what we want to see before we can do that. And that was great because it kept me on track. I had full clarity over where I was going. We had a plan in place and I knew how to work towards it. But I also then have proof of the times I didn't ask. And I spoke about it last week in an episode. I took a job at the same company, just in a different team. I should have asked for a pay rise at that point. I should have negotiated my salary. I didn't. And I didn't get it. (laughs) Right? And so I have physically seen every time I didn't ask for it, I didn't get it. Every time I did ask for it, I either got it or I eventually got it. So don't be afraid to ask. please don't be afraid to ask. And, you know, I even saw it when I hired the new staff members in my last role. I hired very different people from very different skill sets. And when I asked them what their salary expectations were, every single person asked me for what they wanted, but there was a huge difference. You could see the person who really believed in themselves and who asked for a little bit extra You could see the person who maybe wasn't as confident and a little bit more passive and just really wanted the job and just asked for something safe. And you could see the difference in these people. And they all got what they asked for, but I saw how they asked for more and how they got it. And that's why I want to say, don't be afraid to ask. 
But guys, I'm going to wrap the episode up there. I will say if this episode did spark some things in you and you do want more help, I can't vouch enough for a mental health professional. (laughs) And I said before, therapy helped me so much. It's not always for the super heavy things. Obviously, therapy helped me with my super heavy things, but therapy or mental health support also helped me with a lot of other stuff in life, including this episode. So if you liked it, there are some links in the show notes that I would recommend. Check them out. See if you can get some extra help if you want. Now, guys, we're wrapping up the show, but I want to say thank you for another beautiful week in the Facebook community. It is growing. We have about 1,400 people at the moment, which I'm so excited and so grateful for. Every day I go in there and I have not, we have not had any problems and I want it to stay that way. And so I just want to say thank you for keeping the safe space for everyone, but also for myself because that takes a lot of stress off me and it just makes it enjoyable for all of us and it means the group stays around and that's what I want. Don't forget, as always, we also have a weekly giveaway that will be running on the podcast Instagram, Your Safe Space Pod. So come give us a follow there. If you haven't followed us there, please follow us there because that's where all the giveaways are happening at the moment. And I want to say, if you like this episode, please tell someone about it. Word of mouth helps me more than anything. And I appreciate you guys who do share about it or who do tell their friends about it. That that support goes a long, long way. And so if you do like this show, if you do like this episode, leave me a review, leave me a rating, share it on your Instagram story, come interact in the Facebook community. I want to know what you liked. If you've got more questions about this episode, leave them for me in the group as well. But guys, thank you for joining me. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you have a great week again. And I hope that something magical happens to you. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye guys. Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.